opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. When you gotta love it, it's good like it should be Makes you never wanna give it up Cause you know that some people die for love And I believe it's true cause I do the same for you Good morning, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California Streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes Welcome to Fighting for Love This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's the author of several books, including Negotiations, Breakthroughs, and Fighting for Love. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel, and she mediates business, employment, divorce, privacy, and other civil cases in her private practice in Laguna Niguel, California. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. She teaches leadership and conflict management courses at Brandman University and here at UCI, and she trains corporate leaders' powerful communication and conflict transformation skills. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, today our show is about divorce, but it's also about how to see the analogy of wine and divorce. We have a very wonderful guest with us today. She is the author of Meritage Divorce, Blend. it's a blend of financial, physical, emotional, and spiritual guidance through wine-colored glasses. So we're going to be talking with Cheryl Nielsen, and let me tell you, I had the pleasure of meeting her in person at a collaborative divorce luncheon, and I got a hold of her book, and it's wonderful. So let me tell you a little bit about her background. Cheryl Nielsen of Divorce of Meritage Divorce is a forensic real estate divorce strategist. She works with divorce divorce couples and spouses to build housing transition plans that utilize appropriate legal, tax, and market timing. She empowers her clients to make informed decisions with clarity versus emotions, um, which she considers to really be the key to success. She's also a certified divorce coach, and I said she's author of Meritage Divorce, which I told you about, which is really her personal story, but it is also a divorce guide for the wine lover. And she says life is too short to drink bad wine. Sometimes you need to know when to spit it out and dump the bottle. (laughs) She believes divorce can be an opportunity of a lifetime to realign with your authentic self and a catalyst for personal growth and self-discovery. And this is something in the 30 years that I've been doing divorce, I've learned that myself about myself, my own divorce, and of course my clients. So we're so thrilled to have you with us, Cheryl. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Mari. I'm happy to be here. So what made you decide to write this book? You know, um, there's so much stigma in our society surrounding divorce, and it oftentimes is is uh, equated with failure, and 
marriages end for all kinds of reasons, and I don't think the life that you lived with someone should be um, termed a failure just because it ended. There's um, good reasons why things fall apart, oftentimes so better things can come together. But it was really my journey I wanted to share because I found so many inherent opportunities in the divorce process. I I thought it was a time of self-reflection, a time of personal growth, spiritual awakening, and an opportunity to get back in touch with who I was and really uh, realign with my authentic self. And I didn't find a lot of books speaking to this, and I would have wanted to go to the bookstore and go to the shelf and find a book such as that that really talked about divorce being an opportunity. Yes. And so how is it that you blended it with the analogies of wine? Um, I do have a bit of a wine background. So when I entered into the divorce process back in around 2007, got divorced in 2009, my um, ex and I had just purchased a large property, uh, a vineyard estate. So we were living out in Tribuco Canyon on four acres, and we had a Cabernet vineyard. And uh, what we were going to do is have our own private label. And so one of the privileges I had in that experience was I oversaw the implementation of the vineyard, the little rootstock coming in, and I trellised them, and, and I cared for them and pruned them, got them to full maturity after three years. Hmm. And um, that experience kind of resonated with me on an emotional level. It had a language of its own. Uh, We really enjoyed wine. We enjoyed entertaining and trips to Napa and all of that. So when I tried to find my voice as an author, um, and this is my first book, um, I started talking about my time on the vineyard, and then all of a sudden I started thinking in wine, and then I thought, wow, I can think a lot better in wine than I can in regular words. (laughs) So I think I'm just going to speak in wine metaphor, and it just worked out fabulous for me. I was able to express what I, the emotions and, you know, kind of theme, and it's meant to be a lighter read that way and to, you know, soften the subject matter. A lot of people love wine, so they get a kick out of the wine analogies, and, um, puts a different spin on it, doesn't it? It really does, and I love the quotes that you have found here, too. Everything from Shakespeare to just everything. And then one of these that I I especially loved, it says, accept what life offers you and try to drink from every cup. All wines should be tasted. Some should only be sipped, but with others, drinking the whole bottle. And that was Paolo Gohelo in Brita which I don't know, I haven't read that, but it, it was a great quote. So I really enjoyed the, the quotes that you have there. And, um, it, it, I could see the analogies. You know, there's so much with just the growth and, and accepting the good and the bad and understanding what's good and what's bad and not, not sticking with the bad. So that was really great. So, Thank you. Yeah, so then you... I. Did you lose the vineyard, or did you have to sell the vineyard as part of your divorce? Or I, I did. Um, what happened was, you know, we had five properties, and this is where a lot of my education came um, relative to divorce and real estate. 
you know, trying to transition five properties during that time period when the market's going down, we're losing equity, and um, I made the decision to try to keep that larger estate for myself, and, uh, and my ex took a commercial building in exchange, but it was really much more than I could take on because I was in residential, just re- regular re- residential real estate at the time, and my business was um, not producing very well, as you can imagine. And so I got really creative on ideas to sustain the property um, because of the vineyard. It offered a nice venue for weddings. We had charitable events out there. And so mm. what I did is I, I got a website together and I hired a one of those gals that's kind of a wedding planner and right. um, had her on staff to work with the brides. And kind of kept it uh, kept it afloat for a couple of years until it just wasn't turning around and the value was just going down so quickly. So I did lose the property, unfortunately, but, um, you know, it's better to have loved and lost, I guess, in this <laughs> right. case, because the experience from it was, uh, well, actually more than a million-dollar experience, but uh, it, the wisdom, the experience, the, the metaphors, uh, learning about real estate and emotion behind it and, and actually making some of my own mistakes is why I'm so passionate uh, to, to do the work I do today to help others have clarity when it comes to their property and their home. Right. And so often when, we, when I do a divorce, property is involved. And, um, and there is, you know, a lot of emotion and people sometimes want to keep the property, which it doesn't make any sense. And as the mediator... You know, I ask them to look at all sides of it. What is the, you know, what are the uh, advantages of keeping it and what are the disadvantages? And let's make uh, a whole list. So for you, as you deal with people going through this and as you've gone through your own, what are some of the biggest mistakes made with property and divorce? Oh, well, I think you hit on it. There's a lot of emotion, and emotion is very blinding. And the only way you can really bring the clarity is, like you said, if, if you get really clear on the financial consequences of, of what you're choosing to do. And it's really just lining up the different options that are available and then drilling it down to the pros and cons. But I think one of the biggest mistakes that gets made is that the underlying tax base um, is often overlooked when a spouse, say, is transferring the family home to the other spouse and that spouse doesn't realize that there would be a huge, you know, taxable event in the future if it was sold. And a lot of people don't know how to structure, even in the divorce community, some of the divorce tax rules that come into play when you could, you know, do strategic planning um, before you, before you, um, you know, are finished with your divorce. That's where it comes into play. And um, I get really passionate about it because this happened to me, um, you're, I'm sure, very well aware, but some of these um, rules around the capital gains are the maximum exclusion of profit. Right. And um, it sounds simple that, you know, as an individual, you get $250,000 tax-free gains when you sell a residence that you've lived in for two of the last five years, or 500000 if you're married. But guess what? In a divorce situation, when, when the, say, the husband moves out, He's in an apartment, and the divorce drags on. What happens? He's, he's, in essence, not been living at that property for two 
of the last five years potentially, right? So when it comes time that they they decide that, yes, we do need to sell the, the house, now he has, in essence, fallen outside the guidelines to get his uh, maximum exclusion. But there are rules that come into play um, when it comes to divorce that says if your spouse has been living in the property for two of the last five years, we'll let you use their occupancy period to qualify. But the only way you can harness these uh, tax rules is if you coordinate really well with um, the wording in your marital settlement agreement and your tax planning and how you hold title. You still have to own the property together. And so it's just a simple little tweak that if you did the tax planning um, first instead of just going on your merry way and saying we're going to sell the house, now you sell it, and then you're surprised later when you don't qualify for 500000 250 each, it becomes like a big bomb, right, that goes right. off in the future, and you're like, what happened? You know, how did this happen? Right. But um, so there's just some really specific things, and, and even if you didn't qualify for the maximum exclusion, you could fall under these secondary um, safe harbor rules that provide for even a reduced maximum exclusion as a result of divorce. And, and that's why, again, the planning is so essential, and that's why I decided to niche in this area to be a support person, um, a support vendor for mediators and family law attorneys, um, to do the really nitty-gritty planning that makes it crystal clear. You know, if you go down this road, these are the consequences. But if you want to do this, there are some things that we can put into play that may help you out financially. Yes. And when people come to me as a mediator, sometimes they come to me after they've sold a house or after they've transferred the house because somebody said, oh, just do that. And then it's really too late. You know, so I tell people when you go into mediation, you want to use a team. You want to use your real estate professionals, your CPA, your financial planners. Yeah, who are some of the professionals that you think are important for a divorce team? There's also the um, certified financial divorce analysts, and I like them because they can forecast what some of the long-term financial effects are of a proposed divorce settlement and they do look at the tax liabilities. But it seems like not, I mean, we have so many team players, but every single one of the team players needs to exercise oversight on the other team player. Right. Because it seems like there's a weakness in in every single, you know, professional that you can have where they don't cover everything, you know, related to the consequence. They may be versed in projections, but maybe they're weak on tax or, you know, um, just if you're in regular, like, real estate, you wouldn't know what the appropriate, you wouldn't know how to apply some of these divorce rules. So it's a village, right? And yes. as a village, we need to be accountable to each other, and we all need to look at that settlement proposal through our own, each individual lens. Or maybe I should wear, I should say wine-colored glasses. Yes, wine-colored glasses. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And then, you know, um, and then it has to we act as a filter, so if it passes this filter, let's go to the next filter and see what we're missing. And it was very frustrating in my own divorce because I was so diligent about getting expert opinion from different attorneys and different CPAs. And I'll tell you, at the end of the day, um, it didn't coordinate. What one told me 
when I went to the other one, it didn't line mm-hmm. up. And so mm-hmm. it became really frustrating. What I really needed is to have a certain scenario in front of all of them at the same time. And I ended up doing a lot of things myself, and that's one of the reasons why I made a different mistake on a different property, but we can get into that. But, yeah, you can't just transfer title um, from one spouse to another. That happened to me, and my ex did not tell me that the house payment was behind for four months. Oh, my goodness. So by the time, you know, I I got the deed... Not only did I inherit the, the deficient mortgage on it, which was upwards to $40,000, which wiped out the majority of my reserves, oh. I basically inherited the tax base of the property. Oh. And, if, and if he was living in the property um, while we were separated and living in it for part of the time post-divorce, he was getting back his... Um, maximum exclusion by virtue virtue of his occupancy but since i hadn't been living in it it was a rental property to me and i had no protection uh from capital gains and i had to sell that property and so it wiped out forty thousand, and it also generated a very huge tax bill for which i received no proceeds on the sale so this is just me being not being emotional about wanting to have the house and thinking that you know everything's going to be okay but i don't have a plan but i'm a hard worker and (laughs) you know i'll make it work and you know a miracle will happen and then going into it blindly with a knee-jerk reaction and literally wipe almost wiping myself out in one fail swoop with one signing of a pen Mm. my financial future uh turned on a dime yes yes so and, you know, I've been doing divorce mediation for 30 years, and, you know, one of the things that I think people sometimes, like what happened to you is you trusted what your spouse was telling you, and you didn't, he didn't, uh, he failed to tell you that he hadn't paid in four months or whatever. Um, this is so important why, you know, you may not want to litigate, but it's really important that you know to get all the documentation, like, First thing is show us current mortgage statements. Show us current statements so we see what is owed, what is out there. You know, get copies of the title. See if there's any liens on there. Because uh, I had a couple that came to me that they found out, you know, when they came to me after they'd been in litigation that that there was a tax lien that was an error and the husband was going to transfer that home to the wife with this huge tax lien that wasn't even correct. So we did not transfer that until we cleared the title. So, you know, there's a lot of things you need to do. You know, a lot of people say to me, look, we've already made up decisions. We want you to just write it up. I said, well, I'm not a paralegal. I'm actually an attorney mediator. So if you come to me, I'll look at what you have, and we'll just make sure that you have all of the evidence of what you want to make sure that you're making an informed decision. There and you go. sometimes we find out stuff that that is hidden or that you know didn't they didn't know about. Neither of them knew about it, and so you really have to make sure you find out everything. But you know what you were talking about. You know you have all these professionals. How do you do this when the people are going through a divorce and they don't have a lot of money? How do you find these low-cost avenues for support and guidance? Oh, it's so true. And you'd think if they had a home or property 
that they would have some financial means to seek, you know, professional opinions. But a lot of times people have a lot of money tied up in their house, but they don't have a lot of liquidity. And if you need to get the answers, at the bare minimum, hopefully they're working with an attorney mediator such as yourself, a professional that can resource their needs properly and try to, you know, minimize the amount of hours involved with getting at least a minimal Yes. It's negligent not to have all the answers. There's a lot of liability in, in as you have to do your due diligence to facilitate all of that so it doesn't open up liability for everybody. But at any rate, um, I oftentimes will send uh, people to Meetup online, www.meetup.com. Mm-hmm. Um, that way they can search for divorce workshops, uh, informational you know, seminars, things that at least get some bare education. Because right. divorce is a whole new language, and chances are you haven't spoke it before or maybe through some other people, but so many, so many words and terminology and things that you have to become familiar with. And at least if you're educated and you can understand the process and, and think about what your needs are and who some of these professionals are, um, some of them offer you know, initial consultations for free. Yes, I um, do that. Things of that nature. So getting educated, I say reading books. Yes. Um, NOLO publishes right. great books, don't they, for the public? Yes, yes. One of my friends uh, wrote, Violet Woodhouse wrote the book Divorce and Money. She's a certified family law specialist, but she's also a certified financial planner. She was that first. So there's some wonderful books from NOLO Press. And just going to like divorcemagazine.com, there are so many resources that weren't around when I was going through my divorce. So I think you'd, you know, but I think people sometimes they're so emotionally upset by what's going on that they find it hard to read. So I think your Indeed. idea of going to a divorce recovery workshop and having different professionals come in and talk to you, or, you know, what I do is I give a whole little. Uh, Fam, uh, you know, a a free consultation and kind of like a family law review, so they kind of know where to go, and then I give them the resources, just like you do. But mm-hmm. you really have to be educated because this is a major life issue. You know, when you were talking about, you know, going through a divorce is is really um, a, a chance for you to realign with your authentic self and. It's a, an opportunity for growth. I really believe also that everything in life happens for a reason. And when you go through the dark night of the soul, it is a chance for you to transform. It's, it's like the caterpillar that you know is in this cocoon and then they have to struggle to get out to be the butterfly. And that's similar. I love that metaphor. I yeah. love it. I actually have my own wine metaphor that says the same thing, which is, um, you're a bottle of wine that you know how you taste and you know what your label is when, you, when you're married. And then through divorce, you actually get to go back in the barrel and reproduce yourself and you get to become your own winemaker and release yourself with your own new label. And you can taste totally wonderful after <laughs> Yeah, this, that, that sweet bliss, right? That's right. That's right. So, you know, a lot of people going through a divorce do find faith. I know... Um, it was that was really the the place for me to be to really see what was going on sometimes when you're in the darkest night of the soul you realize your whatever faith you have and there was a wonderful book that um i know several of my clients had read called spiritual divorce and so you know when you go through a death a divorce a major major change in your in your life 
that is a time for you to to find some faith, whether it's faith in yourself, faith in your in spirit, God. Um, so how, how was that for you, and what do you suggest? I couldn't agree more. I, I think that, you know, it's, it's kind of a shattering of your old identity, too. And so, you know, we, we as people need to identify with who we are. And as you're letting go of the old and you're embracing the new, like you say, there's that middle place where you, qu- you can't quite see where, where your new life is. Or you can't even, you can't even identify with yourself because you've got this whole new single identity and it's not fully, you know, manifested itself. You're still getting your sea legs. And it's a time of great uncertainty. Uncert- so with that is a time of growth. You've got to believe in yourself, trust, just keep moving forward. And with every step that you take into the unknown, you're increasing your faith, like you say, either in yourself or in spirit or the unknown. And sometimes it's all we have have to hold on to when you can't see anything tangible yet. Yeah, that's so important because when you're married, especially if you're married a long time, I was married 18 years since, you know, we met in college. So we grew up together. So when you are no longer with that person, the longer you are in a relationship or in a, you know, marriage, then you know, you were talking about your identity. You know, you see yourself as identified, well, this is my husband or this is my wife and these are our children and this is your image. And you do, you go through a transformation to be that single self. And then when you're trying to find your authentic self, your authentic self is not the same person that you were 18 <laughs> years ago. So you have to reinvent, you know, I mean, everybody can look at pictures of, um, you know, when you were two years old and you go, oh my God, look at how cute I was, you know, but you're not that, you know, yes, your soul is the same, but you are not the same. You have grown and evolved and different and have different values and you're just a different person. You have to find out who that person is. Oh, I know. It's, it's, so, it's such an awkward feeling. At least I had a lot of awkwardness in not remembering who I was when I was married and, and, the, and the sense of self that I carried with me in that confidence every day. And to have that you know, period of time for which I was in that growth and, and not feel totally comfortable in my, my own skin yet and have that identity and you take it for granted that you wake up in the morning and you know who you are but when you go through this life-shattering experience you know it, it rocks your foundation at the core and it kind of shuffle things shuffle things up and you you really have to take inventory you got to take inventory of your core values maybe what are your real passions um, look to your gifts and talents and and try to restructure you know staying true to yourself and so right um and then just being real about who you are and not being afraid to you know sometimes i think we lose a little bit of ourselves in our in bad relationships because what do we do we try to please the other person or do what they like to do or make them happy and chances are we could have been losing a little bit of us along the way by the time we got to divorce Yes. You know, we might have already been out of touch with our, you know, true self, you know, having compromised and put the needs of others before our own. So it's really a great opportunity to just get that power power back and, and become real and authentic and, and really honest to yourself about what you really want. I remember and, and that's that. that's not um, always so easy to figure out what you want and what your needs are. 
You know, I mean, you. it's sometimes very easy when I deal with people who are going through disillusion. They know what they don't want. <laughs> That's a start, wouldn't yeah, you think? Yeah, it is. They know what they don't want. And then they have to kind of say, what's really important to me? What, And especially if they want to have another relationship. What do I want in a relationship? And what am I willing to to give and receive in a relationship. So if you don't change yourself, if you don't go through that metamorphosis yourself, you're likely to end up with the same type of person and the same challenges. I mean, the name will be different, the face will be different, the body will be different, but you have just, you know, re <laughs> remarried or re ended up with the same person again and that's something so if you don't recognize who you are then you're going to end up until you get it right like groundhog day you know <laughs> yes you know i learned something really powerful about groundhog day um actually recently i'm actually studying Dr. Shad Helmstetter's book on the power of neuroplasticity. Mm. And that's about how our brains get wired. And they found out that the input that you give your brain, the messages that you give your brain, the self-talk that you do to yourself, it actually, like, wires your brain and will send a picture back to you of yourself the way you have, you know, put the input. Right. And you know what? That's a perfect way to end because we are just out of time. I just want to say your book again and then we must go. It's called Meritage Divorce and this is a wonderful analogy with wine. So thank you so much for joining you for joining with us and your website is meritagedivorce.com. Thank you so much, Cheryl. Thank you for having me. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. You- You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Some people die for love, and I believe it's true because I do the same for you. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.